Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. When you say I do on your wedding day, everything seems wonderful. There would be no reason to imagine you might one day say, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. I'm Patrice Sikora with Foster and Motley's Rachel Rasmussen and Joe Patterson to talk about that decision and how divorce impacts your financial future. Rachel, let's start with you. Why are we talking about this? Well, Patrice, we're talking about this today because it's common. It's a common issue that a lot of Americans face. They either are going through a divorce themselves or have gone through one, or they know someone who is in the process. The U.S. is actually ranked fourth in the world for the most divorces, Russia being number one, just for Hmm. reference. And according to U.S. Census, about 40 to 50%, depending on how you slice and dice the data, Uh, of first marriages and in divorce. And for a second marriage, that's actually even a little higher. I guess once you go through it once, you understand, okay, I lived, I went through it. It was tough, but maybe I don't like, like you said. Yeah. (laughs) So the median duration of first marriages is, is about eight years long. So, you know, you've heard of the seven year itch. There's a reason for that term. Divorce rates for people who are younger tend to be higher than those who are older. So those in their twenties, um, have a higher rate of divorce than those who are over 40. Although, you know, COVID changed that we are starting to see, or we have seen a uptick in, the number of gray divorces, as as they call it, people later in life, maybe they've raised their kids and say, okay, this is not what I want for the rest of my life between in retirement and so forth. Um, and we also, I, I think it's quite possible that COVID lockdowns played some sort of a role and they're going to have all sorts of good research papers around that. Just spending <laughs> a lot of, I call it quantity time over quality time <laughs> during Absolutely. That during COVID. So um, that that's why we're talking about it. it. It happens a lot to a lot of people and there's no shame in it. And it has a pretty big impact on financial planning as Joe and I have come to see through our practice. Joe, talk to me about the assets that people bring in and what they accumulate. Yeah. So especially in the world that, that we live and work in, uh, people either enter a marriage with financial assets and or accumulate financial assets during that marriage. So divorce, not surprisingly, leads to a division of assets and liabilities from a marriage. And assets that come into a marriage with one or the other individual in the marriage are often treated differently than assets accumulated during a marriage. So the fact that divorce is common and that people have the ability to bring assets to a marriage and or accumulate during that marriage means that it's pretty critical to have a plan when you're navigating this experience. So again, assets get divided. It's not always clear or logical how assets get divided. It depends on the state you live in. And all that to say, layer tons of stress on all of the financial considerations 
it's important to have a plan and have someone on your side to help you navigate the process. I think you hit on the, the key word there is stress. Where the heck do you start when you're under all this stress? It's it's so hard to think clearly when you're under stress and divorce is one of the top most stressful things someone can go through. So having a team on your side or at least starting to build out what that looks like can help you navigate that. As as one says, it takes a village. So building up your village and um of experts, especially because you know, this is something maybe you haven't gone through before. And and like all stories, there's a beginning, a middle and a and an end. And there are financial implications for each of those processes. So once you're in process, now what? So at the beginning, and this is where a planner like Joe can really help, it's all about cash flow, don't you think, Joe? Yeah, that's that's one of the stressors, right? You have been a financial team in you know, officially with another individual and you're still in some ways a team because you have to navigate this process, which can be anywhere from amicable to disastrous and everything in between. Uh, but you need to, you need cash to live on. You, you know, if you have kids who are, who you're supporting or parents you're supporting, uh, that still costs money going through a divorce process. So it, it's critical to have a plan in place. And at this point, I think we're talking about a situation where generally, but not always, we are helping one or the other individuals in a process. We have had clients who have decided to separate and divorce. And sometimes they will leave. Sometimes one client will leave. Uh, in a lot of cases, they're happy with the service they've received. And we will uh, divide responsibilities among different advisors on the team with the understanding that Hey, if Rachel is representing one spouse and I'm representing the other, you know, as a as a planner and or advisor, uh, then we're not going to share information to, with each mm -hmm. other that would that would be troubling or upsetting or illegal or any unethical in any way uh, that would compromise the process. But keep that Chinese wall in place, you know, right. um, unless we're obviously given certain permissions. And I think you know, clients who come our way just not speaking specifically to divorce, but just generally are outsourcing some portion of their financial lives. So we're happy to have clients outsource stress and clear thinking and all the things that don't come easily during this process. So sometimes it's easy to sit back and say, all right, let's just sit down and work through the plan and be a little more objective than you may be when you're sitting in a room with your attorney and your spouse and their attorney, we can bring some clarity to the process. We can help, you know, we're not attorneys, right? We'll give that, we'll give that disclaimer probably more than once here, but we've read enough divorce decrees, you know, drafts of divorce decrees. We understand laws reasonably well, particularly in the state of Ohio as to how things technically should go. And we also know that, you know, Clients can work with their attorneys during this process to come to a solution that is equitable, but also makes sense for everybody involved. It isn't that you get handed this decree and that's done and you have to accept it. So I, I think that's important to know too. And then I think at some point we have to say, okay, we know how things are going to be divided. 
and, and then we're looking ahead to the future. And in that situation, really, we're talking about a new client engagement. It's not a new person. You know, we have the benefit of knowing that individual or separate individuals from the work we've done for them, but we're starting over. So when we work with a new client, we are dealing with a new set, at least new to Foster and Motley and new to the team here, a new set of goals and resources. That's the same in in a divorce, post-divorce. You have new goals, you have new resources, you have potentially new objectives and new things that are important to you that weren't before. So, so it's our job to, again, take that, be objective about laying out what the facts of the situation are and what the goals are, and then kind of help our client restart their financial plan. I mean, I think you hit that on the head, Joe. I mean, trying to discern what these legal documents are telling you. Uh, okay, we split the assets. It seems equitable and equitable is not equal when it comes to divorce. It doesn't mean even 50-50. It, it can mean that, but it means equitable, fair in the eyes of the judge. But what we can do is say, okay, if this, this is what this means and try to translate that to what that would mean for your financial picture. If you inherit, if you basically come out of the divorce with all retirement accounts, what does that mean from a tax perspective? If you come out of the divorce with all the low basis stock, okay, what, how are you going to turn that around and turn that into cash? So as you're going through this process, just helping you understand what it is that you're agreeing to can help clear up any miscommunications early on in, in the process. You've got the interim plan, you're going through the decree, and you've got to have a life afterwards, right? So you've got three steps there to deal with. Yeah, you, there's a future you got to start thinking about. And when right. you're kind of in crisis mode, you're you're just thinking about here and now. And it's hard to think about, well, what about when it's all over, right? So as an individual, you know, like Joe said, you have a new set of goals, a new set of resources, and it, it it's a good time to start asking yourself questions and also to your advisor. Um, what are the things that I now want out of life as an individual and, and set some new goals? I think that could be a really, really fun exercise that comes out of it because now your circumstances are different and it's about what do you want to do? Is it really starting over? I mean, you've got, you've had a past, you, you've had a, a plan, you hopefully accomplished some things, you've got assets. Is it really starting over? Or do you have to just modify what you've got? I think it depends on on the situation. So I, I always, as a financial planner, think of it as a new plan, right? Because anytime we have a big change in circumstance, we have to revise some or all of a plan. So that would be true of any life change, right? Divorce is the example we're talking about today. Death of a spouse, you know, inheritance, change in works at unexpected change in job situations for better or worse. All of those, you know, it's kind of like cascading, right? If my resources change and your resources, we encapsulate as planners in your balance sheet, right? That's a statement of your asset and liabilities. Side note, there's a podcast about balance sheets. If anybody's looking for a little more detail there, I may have known the gentleman who did the podcast. 
And it was so, a good one. It was a good one. Oh, thank you for that gentleman's behalf. Was it uh, you? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> and then cash flow, right? So cash flow. If you take your your balance sheet, your assets and liabilities, uh, your cash flow, right? Your, your your a statement of your needs and a statement of the resources in the form of income. Then, anytime that drastically changes, it sort of cascades down and, and impacts all the other planning goals, right? Taxes are impacted significantly in a divorce, or at least have the potential to be, right? Assets are divided, income changes. That may mean that you are, in a perfect world, you're in the same tax bracket. If everything splits and you end up with a similar amount of it, you know, half the income, but you're now you're a single filer instead of a joint filer and you have half the assets generating half the dividends and interest. It never works out quite so cleanly. So, so new tax planning, opportunities, new retirement planning. You know, you may, we may have set up a plan for this couple and said, Hey, here's your retirement goals. Here's what you need to do or are doing to get there. That's all going to change just by virtue of the resources changing. So it, it helps us to, we're not starting from scratch entirely to your question, Patrice, mm -hmm. because this is a person we know and, and have worked with and have built trust with, but it is a pretty significant restatement of the plan. Again, just like we would do in any situation with a major life event, you know, good or bad. I, I guess this is a um, it's a very sidebar question, but how emotional are these meetings? Well, it it can be. I mean, it's it's a like we said, it's one of the most stressful times that uh, an an individual can go through, and so it's okay to process as you're going, you know, finances and money, we've talked about this. It, it can have a lot of emotions with it because the way that we feel about money, the way that we think about money, and also the idea of splitting our money with our, our ex doesn't feel very good either. So there's, there's all of those implications. So I think it's really important that going through this process, you know, it's okay to change your mind. You can say, okay, here's, here's what I'm thinking today. But as you're going through a bunch of changes, perhaps in a month or even a year from now, maybe your goals are a little bit different than they were initially, um, kind of when you step back from the process. So yes, there's, there's a lot of emotional things going on here and it's okay to process those. Make sure you have a good amount of support around you, but no, it's also okay to change your mind. Um, you know, we're in a good seat where we are in the advisor role because Rachel and I and the folks here aren't sitting in meetings with the two spouses and their attorneys. And so they will often come to a meeting of ours at Foster Motley, having been recently, or maybe coming directly from a meeting with two attorneys and the spouse who they are divorcing. So by virtue of us being kind of a degree removed from that interaction, we can step back and say, all right, tell me what's going on. Let's, mm -hmm. and, and let's see what that means objectively, right? Does, you know, because at some point, usually when stuff starts getting divided is when one or both sides think that they are correct about something the other is not, as, at least, you know, with a lot of the folks that we work with. 
bear in mind, we're working with more people who are getting divorced later than earlier, just by virtue of the fact that, you know, the average age of our client base skews older, right? People accumulate assets uh, more and more over time, and they're more likely to work with someone like a Foster and Motley. So, so many of the clients that we are helping directly do not have young children, uh, which is a whole other layer that's in many cases dominating even the financial concerns of, of a divorce. So so if you have a couple who's 60, let's say kids are grown, right? It's impactful to the family, but we're mainly talking about, you know, division of resources and not about, hey, who's getting the kids, how much and custody agreements and all of that stuff that adds another layer of challenge to this already challenging process. So yeah. I think our seat is helpful because we can be objective, we can listen. Uh, we're not in the seat of saying, hey, this is what you have to do because the law says so. But we are in the seat of saying, hey, maybe this makes more sense and you should ask your attorney about it. You know, is that is it okay to do that? You know, I mean, I'm thinking of a, a very basic but common sense example where I had a client uh, with full retirement accounts. One was a big one. And then they had, there was a bunch of little retirement accounts and the decree, the draft said, well, let's split it all up equally. Uh, but it ended up being easier for both clients to just let one individual keep the several small current retirement plans and then just divide the IRA assets to equalize those accounts because they're all tax deferred. They're all treated the same way. They're all going to get subject to required distributions in the future. So it was a small thing, but it simplified the process a little bit. And while the state of Ohio in this example has a rule that says, here's what you can and can't do, that's that's more of a guideline than a rule. So they were able to go back and modify the agreement very slightly with the attorney's recommendation and come to an easier solution logistically. So anytime we can reduce stress, and even stress in this case would be in the form of having to fill out a bunch of paperwork to transfer half of four really small accounts. It's still an extra thing, an extra thing to deal with and more stuff to sign. And, you know, anytime there's something that's getting divided, it's potential for more stress. So if we can reduce stress, then that's a win for our client. Um, sometimes we come into this situation long after a divorce has been settled and you look back at the decree and you, sh you know, you kind of scratch your head. Well, why did, why did they want to do it this way? And I wonder it's just because they didn't have a sounding board. I've actually seen a case where they were splitting social security well into the future. So you're talking about getting back in touch with your ex 20 years down the line. Okay, when are you filing? And I'm entitled to half of that and, and so forth. And maybe you don't really want to stay in communication with them that long into the future. So what are some ways that you could... Um, you know, model this differently so that wouldn't be the case, you know, and maybe there's no way around that. But, you know, just thinking down the line and planning in advance can save you a lot of strife in the future. But sometimes, you know, these have already been settled years ago. So for us, it's how can we make it simple? Uh, do you want us to reach out to the attorney and so forth? And what about a spouse who really hasn't been involved in the finances? There must be a lot of education there that needs to get done. Well, that can be really unsettling. Okay, so my partner, they were the ones who handled all of this and I don't really understand that. And on top of maybe a move or 
you're going to get a job for the first time in a long time, those kind of things. Those are your first concerns. And now you got to learn all the, about financial statements. Ah, just seems too much. Um, so we come at this with how can we place you in a position of empowerment? How can you make decisions based on this information, but not necessarily have to understand every detail of it right now? So that's why we highly encourage people to clients to get their community of advisors in line. Make sure you have a good accountant. Make sure you're good with your attorney. Make sure you have insurance and so forth. Those are all facets of the financial plan, um, which you don't have to understand it all on day one or feel like you are an expert subject on the subject matter. But just knowing that you have resources that you can ask good questions and asking questions there are no dumb questions through this. We say, oh, you know, people might say, oh, this is not a good question, but yes, it is because it's putting you in a position of empowerment and it's helping you educate yourself so you can feel good about your decision-making and not have regrets down the line. And Joe mentioned one podcast that's already out there in the ether for you on uh, balance sheets. There's another from Foster and Motley on couples and communication. So look at all these great podcasts you can access if you just follow the Foster and Motley podcast. You don't have to do this alone. But before we end this this um, episode ourselves, folks, anything we haven't touched on that you think we should? This is a pretty emotional, involved topic that really sets the stage for the rest of your life. I think one thing we tell our clients in this situation, and this again, this doesn't apply only to divorce. It applies to other situations in life. Losing a spouse is a big one that comes to mind. We will advise our clients to not make a large financial decision quickly. So if there is an impulse, and it may be more than an impulse, it may be something that our client has been thinking of for years and they've never had the opportunity to do so. I want to go buy a place somewhere warm. Okay, let's talk about that. And- Let's hit the pause button because that time window, you know, post the divorce or post, again, the death of a spouse comes to mind. You've been through a lot. You've mourned the loss of a relationship. You've suffered a lot of stress. It's cost time, you know, aggravation, all the things, all the costs, you know, financial, otherwise to, to a process that was likely challenging. Let's identify the goals and identify where your head is at and then say, okay, we're going to sit with this a little bit. And a year later we say, Hey, I really, I really am thinking about that house. Like, okay, well let's, let's put that into practice. Let's, let's find a long-term rental that's within your budget. Or they say, you know, I'm good just traveling to this place. I like, you know, periodically because it's a hassle to buy a vacation home and pay for all the other stuff. So, so I think that's a thing that we will always come back to is let's identify your new resources. Let's craft your new plan together. And then let's hold from making big financially impactful decisions until you feel like you've settled into this new existence and, you, and you're doing it with eyes wide open. Completely agree with you, Joe, on, on that. I mean, 
think about this as an exploration period where you're trying to discover the what ifs and don't make any big hasty decisions day one, because like I said before, it, you know, things change and goals change and, and, you know, don't go rush and buy a house the next day, you know, take your time. So we're here to help with that. And how can people reach you? You can reach us on our website at fosterandmotley.com, or you can give us a call at 513-561-6640. And as I mentioned earlier, listeners, you don't have to go it alone. Follow this podcast for more information on End Insights, share with others. And if you have topics you want to know more about, contact Foster and Motley. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.